Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Japanese Village, delicious steak and seafood cooked right at your table. Topped off with our famous sesame and ginger sauces. Come celebrate birthdays, anniversaries, or anytime at Japanese Village. Edmonton South, downtown, Northside, and Sherwood Park. We want to see you. Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1232 at Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer with you. Some guests on the show receive gift cards too. Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Um, we will tell you, New Jersey Devils, uh, Mike Morielli reporting left wing. Uh, John Shannon put this out initially. Left wing Taylor Hall underwent successful left knee arthroscopic surgery. Uh, so uh, he'll be out a while. Uh, the orders, meanwhile, I would expect a tweet coming out sometime probably in the next hour involving Yasa Poliarvi having hip surgery as uh, early as next week. Again, Jason Greger with the initial tweet on this. So there you have it. And hopefully uh, that should uh, eliminate uh, the mythology that was out there in the clandestine uh, perception that... Uh, and, and maybe that just occurs when, you know, for this team, it's a soap opera for the market at times. I get that. It doesn't, hey, it doesn't preclude that there couldn't be a change in the offseason. That can happen any year. But this belief that there was somehow something bigger going on when it was a player dealing with an injury and they got a second uh, look at him and it's a hip problem and he's going to get shut down. So, uh, again, the orders will put that up via Twitter here sometime probably in the next 26 minutes or so. Very quickly, let's go to NHL today. It's brought to you by Elite Promotional Marketing, and here is Brendan Escott. Thanks, Bob. Seven games across the NHL tonight featuring John Tavares' return to Long Island. The Leafs visiting the Islanders tonight. Other Canadian action sees Vancouver playing in Arizona. Well, there's the headline story right there. You just heard it. Taylor Hall knee surgery. Uh, it was actually a little earlier this week he had the operation done addressing an issue that has sidelined him since uh, before Christmas as a matter of fact. So his status moving forward is uh, currently unknown. Maple Leafs D-man Travis Dermott considered week to week with a shoulder injury as well. A couple call-ups to note. Drake Batherson we heard earlier in the show as well will join the Senators for tonight's game and a couple of WHL alums Libor Hayek summoned by the Rangers
Rangers and one-time Calgary hitman standout Jake Bean has joined the Hurricanes on an emergency loan as well. Interesting one here, a recent player poll tabbed P.K. Subban and Patrick Lyonet, the most overrated players in the league. Bakersfield Condors, two home games this weekend, tomorrow against Iowa and Saturday against San Jose, looking to push their winning streak up to 18-plus games. The uh, Edmonton Oil Kings continue their homestand this weekend. Medicine Hat comes to town tomorrow. Brandon on Saturday. New of A Golden Bears face the Saskatchewan Huskies in the best of three Canada West Championship Series this weekend. All right. 12.35. Every Thursday in Oilers now, we hear from Brian Burke, courtesy of Canadian Power Pack, and Louis DeBrusque. Let's get to that conversation with Louis. Joined by Louis DeBrusque. Louis, obviously a very disappointing night last night for the Edmonton Oilers in Toronto. National stage, nationally broadcast game. Uh, so put us in the players' shoes. What goes through uh, a team's mind as you're trying to stay somehow in the playoff hunt and you have a, a game like that? And is it beneficial that you get to play the next day? I think it's very beneficial you get to play the next day because you want to get that out of your system as soon as possible. But it's interesting because I thought their start was fantastic. I thought they were doing exactly what they need to do early in the game. They were frustrating the least. They, you know, controlled the puck. They were making good decisions, and then it just absolutely evaporated. And here's the thing: you have to give a little bit of credit to the Leafs. They're a team that does that. Two teams, they overwhelm you with speed and skill, and they're tenacious on the puck. But at the same time, um, once again, I think the Oilers shot themselves in the foot with, with some of the decisions they made in the ice, their coverage, and the Maple Leafs capitalized on it. So, unfortunately for them. Um, you know, they've played a real good stretch of hockey here the last little while where they've been focused on that defensive zone coverage. They've been focused on doing the right things in the offensive zone and trying to manufacture offense the right way from grinding away. And uh, it just went away last night. That's one of those games, if you're the Oilers, you're hoping that's a one-off and it was just one of those anomalies in a game. But uh, there was a lot of things in that game that weren't very good and they're going to have to turn it around a complete 180 in a hurry here against the Ottawa Senators who, yes, I know have been decimated by trades as far as the top players on the on their team going to other teams, but they're a hungry young team that works really hard and they're not going to just uh, give you the two points. They're going to work for it. They want to win, they want to improve, and they're going to be a tough tough team to play tonight. Louis, uh, you know, we've noticed against San Jose, against Tampa Bay, and against Toronto. Those teams that are deep in the forward ranks in particular and have defensemen that can make some plays, those are the teams that have exposed and lit up the Edmonton Oilers this year. And I think that's a source of frustration for Oilers fans that look at the lack of depth for the Edmonton Oilers and say, if you'd never done anything four years ago, three years ago, you could have had a similar type of team. Well, you know, and here's the thing for me. Um, the teams you mentioned, the San Jose's, the Tampa Bay's, the Toronto's, Pittsburgh's. Uh, for me, what happens is Edmonton is able to maintain and stay in that battle for, for a period of time. But eventually that speed of the game, the transitional part of the game, it overwhelms them. What happens is the gap starts to open up, defense are a little too deep, and offensive players are waiting for that opportunity. That's exactly what they're looking for. And, you know, the Marner goal is a prime example. That was a pass from the defensive zone to the far blue line. The defense were already caught on a bad change. They're trying to get in there. They're too deep. A real good forward 
peeled off instead of yeah. going at the defenseman making the pass. They're too deep, and you know what? Exactly. It was uh, Reader should have pressed him harder. There's no way that he should have that much time to look up the ice and make that pass. But it, what I'm saying is it start, started to overwhelm them. So what happens is there's a little bit more space you're giving the op- opponent, and good teams will pick you apart. They just pick you apart every time in that situation. They were playing a tight, checking, aggressive game early on. They were on pucks early. They were winning those battles, and it went away now. And I, I honestly can't tell you why. I'm sure that they're probably scratching their heads today wondering the same thing. But in order for this team to be successful, we've seen this year, they have to have a 60-minute effort. They cannot just go out and play 10, 12 minutes and think they're going to win a game. Because they're not good enough. They're not deep nope. enough up front. They can't outscore nope. their mistakes. You know what? And I, and I know that Connor McDavid... Because they can't come at you in waves, Louis. No, and I know, I know Connor McDavid was back in the lineup after missing a couple games from suspension, but that, to me, was maybe one of the most... In, ineffective games that I've seen him play all year long, you know, and we we don't say that too often about 97, but that was a game where he just didn't seem to be into it, it wasn't working for him, and again, I think I'm going to chalk this up as a one-off against a team that's pretty offensive. They're going up against another team tonight that I think they feel they should win this game, and they should win this game if they play their game. It won't be easy, but this is a must-win game tonight. Louis DeRoss joining us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers now. Louis, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins was on the left wing last night with Connor. It should be noted that Leon Dreisaitl has got 15 goals in his last five games. Basically scored a, a brilliant individual goal. A la uh, Pete Mahovlich uh, back in the 1972 uh, Canada Cup. But where I'm going with this here is when I see Nugent Hopkins, I don't see a left wing. And But... I do think the Oilers have a chance. I mean, they've got a couple building blocks there. Obviously, McDavid's a top two player in the world. Right now, Leon Dreisettle, would you say he's a top 25 player in the world the way he's playing? Yeah. Yeah, he is. He's uh, That was a fantastic goal that he scored last night. I was really impressed with not only how he won the puck, the subtle move, the toe drag to go inside, then the finish. It didn't work the first time, but he just stayed with it, and he literally plowed through sticks and, and made it look easy the way he stuffed it home. He's on a tear right now. The thing I see with Leon, you can tell there's a little extra jump in his stride. He's feeling it right now. He's playing with confidence. But even him last night in that game, once it once it kind of went south, it's pretty hard to stay mentally in the game when you know you're, you're getting dominated in a lot of facets and it's just not going your way. Um, but his game right now has been has been real solid. And I mean, some of the plays he's making out there, he could have easily had a couple more points last night with the passes that he made. And I think that's why they're keeping them split up. I think that's why they're keeping McDavid and, and Dreisaitl split up right now. When you have a player like Dreisaitl that's played a couple games without McDavid, he's had the success that he's had, why not try and keep tapping into that right now and have a two-line threat with Nugent Hopkins on the left side with McDavid. As we've talked about already earlier in this 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 hit, they're not deep enough. They do not have enough offense. They are not good enough to run and gun with the offensive teams in the National Hockey League. But if you have two lines that can, then the other two lines play a tight, checking, solid, hard game. There's nothing wrong with that. You have to play within the means of your team. And to me, Louis, it seems like they got a couple guys that are in bottom six roles that don't want to accept that that's what they got to do. Is that... Well, listen, I'll tell you what. We talked last night in the press box because we actually got to sit up there as floaters, Kevin Quinn and I, and, and watch the game. And This is not atypical for you to be in the floaters. You know, it doesn't happen too often. So it's a, it's a, it's a neat opportunity to sit there, evaluate the game, and watch it. But we, we talked and we said, you know, it's uh, how, how often do we see the Edmonton Oilers outwork the opposition? 
So if we've already said that we don't feel they're skilled enough and deep enough, and they're not outworking the opposition on a night-to-night basis, how do you expect to win in this league? It's impossible. It's impossible to win. So, unless your goaltender stands on his head and steals the game for you. But you can't rely on your goaltender every night to do that. So, get back to work, get back to playing as a team, and they do have skill that will shine through if they're playing the right way. We're joined by Louis DeBrasse. So Louis, you've, you know, you can sort of relate, I think, a little bit to what's happening here in Ottawa because, as I recall, when you were traded from the New York Rangers to the Evans Oilers, you were traded in that deal for one of the three best players over a 20-year window in the National Hockey League. I mean, you were moved for Mark Messier, and that trade was, for me, as a 24-year-old guy, when it happened, sort of signified the last sort, even though it should be noted that, uh, I mean, the trade got made in the uh, fall of 1991. The Oilers did make it three rounds somehow into the 1992 playoffs that year. But from that point forward, the, the team took a significant step backwards. They didn't have the money to pay their stars. They had some building issues. There were a lot of comparables to what's going on. I mean, you and and so you came through with a young group of guys. What was that like? Can you relate to what you think maybe some of these kids in Ottawa are going through right now? I thought the exact same this morning when I woke up. I said, you know, this reminds me a lot of back in the early '90s with the Edmonton Oilers. They were transitioning and rebuilding, and they they got rid of their top players, and we were the guys they brought in to re build and it took years for number one um It'll be a shock to the system. There's no question that for these young guys on on the Ottawa Senators, a young Brady Kachuk, let's say, for example, who leads this team now with 14 goals. He's having a great rookie year. He's 18 years old. I mean, listen, he steps in here, but they just got rid of your top players. They literally just pulled them out of your lineup, and now he's the guy. And that's that's a big adjustment going down the stretch for a young player. But I will say this. There are going to be players that will emerge out of this group. I mean, Thomas Shabbat already is emerging out of this group as a, as a, as a stud defenseman in the league. And that's what happened at Edmonton. We eventually had the Dougie Waits that came in, the Jason Arnott's, you know, down the road. Players came in and filled those holes. Um, you can never replace the dynasty that was in the 80s, Edmonton Oilers, and we knew that coming in. But it was an opportunity, and that's exactly how we looked at it and how I believe a lot of these young players that will be motivated and hungry in Ottawa to, number one, gain a regular position in the NHL and then become the best player they can become. And that's what every player wants. Even the stars in the game have to start somewhere. There will be some guys in this roster right now that will blossom and break out and one day be the top players in this Ottawa Senators team. I have no doubt about it. They will be. Um, but right now, it's a shock to the system for them because I was around after I came in on board. The transition to rebuilding continued, and it was a revolving door of players in and out of that dressing room. And it's just a real, it's a tough situation. It really is for any player, any organization to go through. But they felt it's necessary. This is the direction they want to go, and they do have some really, really good young players. So that's a good starting point for them. I have a theory on who it's harder on. Okay, to me, it's harder on the other veterans that are still here because the, the young guys they're 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 looking at the opportunity that's ahead of them and they're looking at themselves being a long-term solution but if you're Bobby Ryan or you're Craig Anderson what are you thinking in this situation it's not good you know there's no question but at the same time it's an opportunity for you to be a leader as well and that's why you're in this league and let's face it you go to work every day some days it's not a great day at work some days some days it's the best job in the world but at the same time you still have to put the hard hat on and go to work every day you know and that's just the mentality you have to have so for for 
for older players on the team, um, yeah, they can't be too happy seeing the top players and the guys that they were running with the last few years leave the team and go to greener pastures, quote-unquote. But uh, that's the nature of the beast. That's the game. It really is. And at one point, those players were somewhere else and got traded to this team. So they've been through this. It's it's not like they haven't been through that. It's uh, I'll tell you, it, it definitely takes some time for the waters to settle. It really does. It's, it's amazing how much um, we've talked about this many times before. You're best friends with these guys. You're working out. You're playing with them. You're playing hard with them. You're fighting for them. You're battling every single day, shoulder to shoulder. And the next day, you wake up, and there's four new bodies in the dressing room. Hockey players, I believe, are the most welcoming group of athletes when it comes to new players coming on board. You're immediately a part of that team because you're part of that brotherhood. But it's it's tough to see some of your best friends go somewhere else, relationships you've built. So there's always a little bit of a transition there. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's the nasty part of the game, but that's just business. It's what it is because when you boil it all down, let's face it, Bob, it's still a business. This is what, the, what, what, what hockey is in the NHL. All right. We often like to get you to regale us with stories of uh, – various different levels that you played at. Now, the Ottawa 67s, uh, Brian Kilray was here forever. Yeah. Um, they've got a terrific team again this year. They might win the OHL championship. Uh, you know, London's got a good team. They got smoked the other night by Guelph. Uh, there's a couple other teams that have loaded up. Niagara's loaded up here. Uh, Saginaw's got a pretty good squad. But what do you remember? And I know they weren't in your conference, but how often did you come up to London and how difficult was it playing here? Because this was a pretty good junior hockey team back in the day before or they got back into the NHL. It was, and they played downtown. They didn't play, you know, it was a smaller arena they played at. And I'm sorry, I can't remember the name of it right now, but um, we didn't come here too often. I think over in my junior career, three years, I think I played here twice because I didn't play here the one time. Suspended? I think I was hurt, actually, to be honest with you. I think Denny Vial maybe hit me uh, <laughs> a few too many times on the side of my head, if I remember correctly. But anyway, you know what? Here's the thing. It was, it's, it was always nice coming to Ottawa. You know, for us, we never got a chance to come here that often, so for us it was always special to come Where here. did you hate going to play in the OHL? I didn't really hate anywhere, um, you know, because every single building was a... Who had, the, t- you, who had the toughest team? Had a unique feel of itself. Niagara Falls, my first year, that was a battle, and the Niagara Falls Thunder was coached by Bill LaForge, and it was an absolute rumble what every what single time we went in there. And I was the young, up-and-coming, tough guy, and he sent everybody after me. But you know what? I have to thank Bill LaForge, because that's the type of coach playing against him that got me drafted because when I went in there I knew I was going one or two times and you know what they had again Denny Vial, Brad May, Paul Laus they had Panko they had, they had so many guys in there I mean Prima was on that team Scott Pearson was on that team I mean they were loaded for bear with big physical guys that could play the game Brian Fogarty was on that team as well and Stan Drillier was an, a great offensive player and you know what um, they beat us in the playoffs that year in the seventh game so we went to the conference final against the, the Thunder. We would have played the Peterborough Peets in the final that year, but we lost the Thunder in an absolute battle royal uh, conference final. There was... <laughs> If any team got up a couple goals late in that game, you better just buckle up because it was going to be there was going to be half the bench left at the end of it. <laughs> that's, well, that's awesome, <laughs> Louis. As always, thanks for your time, man. All right, thanks, bud. Twelve fifty in Edmonton. That is Louis DeBrus. This is Oilers now. Bob Stoffer with the Oilers looking for some redemption after a poor performance last night in Toronto. They'll take on the Ottawa Senators, who traded away three of their top four scores. Uh, one of the key pieces they got back: Eric Branstrom, a defenseman that was playing for Rocky Thompson in Chicago. In the American- 
it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. American Hockey League, seven goals, 28 points in 41 games this season. We'll uh, take a timeout. This is Oilers Now. This is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you. This is Oilers Now. James has texted uh, the show on our Heartland 4 text line at 1254. Uh, in order, no sports show has a better lineup of weekly guests than Oilers now with Brian Burke, Craig Simpson, Elliot Friedman, John Shannon, Mark Spector, and Louis DeBras. That one comes to us uh, from James. James, if we could just find a better host for that show. Uh, this text comes in from Jay. He says, Bob, dude, full stop. The Nuge is small, weak, and couldn't win a face-off against himself. Easily the worst number one overall pick uh, still in the NHL draft in the last 10 years from Jay. Oh, Jay. Uh, I'd say Ryan Nugent Hopkins is maybe the third least of the Oilers' problems. How's that for you? Rugged from Saskatoon. Bob, would you trade yes to Paul Yarby in our first for Brady Kachuk? I know the deadline has passed, and we don't know where the pick is going to be, but yeah, I think the question mark is where is that pick going to end up. Brady Kachuk's going to be a hell of a player, though. I don't think there's any question about that. We'll talk about that a bit coming up with Bruce uh, Garriock in the second hour of the show. Johnny Wishbone says, Bob, that's who the Edmonton Oilers should hire as their next head coach, Rocky Thompson. Well, I do think the Oilers' next coach is going to be a younger guy. Uh, I genuinely believe that. Uh, Bob, share a lot of finger-pointing at Shirelli. Is hockey ops good enough? Well, he, he was a general manager, and he had autonomy. Um, and if you dealt with him on a daily basis, and I don't think you did, Texter, uh, I'm here to tell you that Peter, again, relied a lot on Dwayne Sutter on the pro uh, scouting side. Bill Scott's the team's capologist, but the GM's going to do what the GM wants to do. And in fairness to Peter, I think you can make an argument that he put a base in place for a better drafting and developmental system. I think Shirley has to be uh, credited with that. Keith Gretzky and Bob Green kind of headed up the amateur side. Greg Matavish is also overseeing Bakersfield. They've won 17 straight games, and I'm not going to sit here and tell you the Bakersfield Condors are chock full of Oilers prospects because they've got some good AHL players, but they don't have a ton of elite AHL prospects that are coming up. There are five or six out of ten. There's no naivety here on my part with where they're at. Next year, they'll have another wave. So, you know, they, they added Benson and Marodi, who've been very good. Hey, Big, who's completely fallen off. Um this year up front. Last year they brought in Jones, who had a tough first year, and Ethan Bear. This year Jones has been stellar. Uh, William Lagason has been really good down there. 
You're going to add Dmitry Samarukov and possibly Evan Bouchard to that defense next year in Bakersfield. And certainly Ryan McLeod and Kirill Maximov up front. And at that point, I think you have a chance to go from a five and a six to maybe a six, seven, eight in terms of uh, prospects on the farm. But the pro player procurement has not been good enough. The orders have lost too many trades. It's part of the reason why Peter's not here as GM anymore. They are in cap purgatory. I'm sure virtually all of you would agree with that. But saying that, Shirelli's got to be credited with some of the things that have occurred down in Bakersfield. All right, 1257 in Edmonton. You can text us again at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. This fall, join uh, the president of the U.S. travel, Dennis Lala Berti, on an exclusive visit to Italy and Greece on a 16-day holiday. It starts with a nine-day tour of Italy with visits to Rome, Florence, and Venice with daily guided tours. And then you board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise. Plus, parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. They're 50% sold out right now. Call New West Travel or visit newwesttravel.com. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Morgan Black. And when we come back for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, Brian Burke. Bob Stoffer joining you from Ottawa. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.